Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and click subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Mark chapter 13, beginning in verse 1 we read, As he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, see what kind of stones and what kind of buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone on another, which will not be thrown down. Now Jesus herein leaves the temple once again. This time he would not return. This symbolic act may have escaped the notice of all who witnessed it, perhaps even the apostles who were present that day, but his departure reflected an ultimate condemnation. What was happening here in the temple was the supreme failure of the Jews to know God intimately and personally. Here he was, God standing in their midst, and they failed to recognize him. So instead of a house of worship, the temple had become rather a den of thieves, a house of merchandise. Much like today, I'm afraid. The Jewish temple of that day was, however, an awesome sight to behold. As one of the great wonders of the world, its grounds covered one-sixth of Jerusalem in that day. It took 80 years to build and was ornate with gold and pure white marble stones that were 94 feet long, 10 and a half feet tall, and 13 feet wide. The construction itself was such an awesome task as the quarry for that marble was two miles away. There were 162 columns weighing 100 tons holding up 52-foot-high porches. Each of these columns took three men to reach around. Walkways and courtyards and stairways filled the temple area. The temple would have looked as if it would have lasted forever. However, in 70 AD, the Roman general Titus so thoroughly destroyed Jerusalem and the temple that not one of these stones remained upon another, just as Jesus predicted. Now this prophecy, however, would reach even further into the future than General Titus, even to a time that is yet future for us today, a time we know of as the last days, quote-unquote, the period of the Antichrist and a tribulation so great that Matthew 24 tells us, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, nor ever will be. Verse 3 of our text says, As he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things be? What is the sign that these things are about to be fulfilled? Now we must make note herein that the apostles, they were just men, like men of today. They 
possessed a curiosity of the events that would transpire in those last days also. They too would have the tendency to place their faith in such a worldly man-made work such as the temple. After all, how could something so big and so grand as this temple before them be so fallible? Well, because the mustard mustard tree, it had grown unnaturally large, and it certainly has grown unnaturally large today. The birds of the air have perched on its branches, and we too might be apt to look at the religious world and see it as grand and invincible. But in one day, this temple was rendered a mere pile of rubble. If history is indeed to repeat itself, it will be the accepted religious world, one bloated with financial and political status that will play a large part in the end day's events and will ultimately collapse under the weight of its own false glory. With his inner circle of followers beside him, Jesus began to speak of those final days. Not global warming, not catastrophic war or economic upheaval, but of an enemy that would enter in through the back door, largely unnoticed and largely accepted as our modern Messiah. Verse 5 says, Jesus answering began to tell them, quote, Be careful that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and will lead many astray. So please take note where Jesus starts on this prophetic warning. Be careful. Be careful. Perhaps this is because our pride often refuses to believe that we could be so deceived. Yet in reality, deception occurs around us seemingly on a daily basis. In fact, the word deceive here can also be translated led astray. Scripture is rich with warnings to be careful that we are not deceived. And that would naturally lead us to understand that such a beguiling is a real and ever-present danger for mankind. We might think that we personally would never fall to such an absurd self-deification. Yet the ones that are the most insidious are much more clandestine. They are the false prophets that quietly move about literally in our midst, under our noses, hiding in plain sight. The broader church today is ripe with false doctrine, ripe with watered-down belief. They are truth so deluded that they are powerless in their exercise and ultimately blasphemous in their idolatry. And one not uh, does not need to look far to find such teachings as this. Verse 7 says, When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be troubled. For those must happen, but the end is not yet. For a nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in various places and there will be famines and troubles. These things are the beginning of birth pains. The events that tend to cause panic and wholesale fear have been occurring for generations. Wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, 
and troubles in general, well, they've been a part of life on this planet from the fall of mankind in the garden. Scripture gives the picture that such things will, however, accelerate in their occurrences as the end approaches. So it's not the events themselves that are the harbingers of doom. Rather, it is the frequency of these events that warn us that the end is near. That was our daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim or JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com. Thank you.